Welcome, everybody. We're back with another episode, Nitty Gritty in the House, and we're back where we rightfully belong at Bam Bam's. You probably <laughs> where the mics don't smell like barbecue, just because everything smells like it. Exactly, <laughs> it blends. It blends in. So this week's episode, we have Nick and Janessa Watcott. That's how you say it, right? Watcott. That's what they said. I mean, it's W H A T. So, but they they said Watcott. It's kind of a hard to say. Yeah, one of I feel like I'm like in from Boston. Yeah, like yeah. Watcott. <laughs> Watcott. Self Park. Coffee. Get your dog off my lawn. <laughs> but pr- one of us, uh, we were just talking about this, like Danny and Emily, what an incredible couple from last week. Followed up with these guys. Unbelievable. Yeah, don't throw away your Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. If you still have it out from Danny's episode, Danny and Ege, this one. So this one will do the same thing. It was, I mean. Nick and Janessa had their son Nixon who got diagnosed with cancer and passed away. They started Nixon foundation and we get Nixon strong, Nixon strong. Yep. Yep. And so we got to talk all about that and their perspective on just life in general is absolutely incredible. Like the stuff that they've gone through a year and a half ago, it's not that long ago, right? Like two years ago, like it's, it, you know, one thing I didn't bring up during the episode that I kept thinking about, and I'm mad that I didn't, but Kim. Yeah. Like I thought about Kim a lot yeah. during that episode. And just, it's kind of the same, you know, I kind of felt a lot of the same feelings when I heard, when yeah. we listened to her story. Just like, how are there people as strong and as well put together as these people? Well, and I mean, we have a personal experience too with childhood cancer right. with, with little Clara and Brian and Tasha. So our brother and sister-in-law lost their little girl to neuroblastoma. Uh, I want to say like eight years ago. It's been a while. It's crazy. You know? And so it's, yeah, it it had to be, I was in Arizona. I was still in Arizona. So it had to be like 2000. Yeah. Maybe even more like nine or 10. Cause I want to say it was right after Brody was born. Anyways, it's one of childhood cancer is one of the things that, is so hard to wrap your head around because to see what they go through, but man, to hear Nick and Janessa's perspective on how they handled things. And all along that time we got, we found out at the very end, Nick had decided to open and start a business. <laughs> it, honestly, like they, they have such amazing heads on their shoulders and oh. the even the way they're doing the foundation, it's, it's not just raising money for cancer research. It's it's beyond that. It's more family-based. So, you know, they're just kind of, and you see this with entrepreneurs all the time. They just kind of have a different way of seeing the world. And it, I think with their foundation, it's it's no different. But, I mean, this one is kind of a tearjerker, but it's not, don't avoid it. It's not, It's it still has. It's so good. There's so much positivity in it. No, it's everything about it is. It's awesome. They the way they handled the grief and that you know they have three sons still and they lost another one in 2008. You know one of their babies and people like this. It you know that maybe it's cliche. I mean I know it's scripture, but you know you hear that term. God will never give you anything that you can't handle. These guys 
are living. They had a purpose before they came here. Correct. You know what I mean? Like you can just see it. You, well, you'll hear it. I even asked, I was like, what prepares you for this? I remember. And they were both like, nothing. Yeah. Like, no, that's not true. Because you guys are definitely, you've been blessed with the ability to handle this the way that you have. Because they are now, because of the foundation, impacting so many people. Right. Well, and just the, you know, she admitted to having those bad days, but even while it was happening, there's a, there's one part in the podcast you'll hear where she talks about how she she never kind of went down that dark, like, yeah, you know, God's taking him from me or whatever. It's it it was perspective, like her finding what the reason was and how she could handle it and it, anyway. So check you'll out hear it. so Nixon Strong Foundation if if you have the ability to, they said their number one thing is financial help because yeah. what they do is they take every single dollar they get and they turn around and they bless the lives of other childhood cancer patients and their families, which That's is so cool that they part. include their family. It's so we're not going to talk more family. about that because we want you to, right. you have to actually listen. Yeah. So we better just yeah. stop talking. So take an Adderall, get focused. <laughs> Just kidding. There is one little thing I want to talk about. What's that? I don't that? know if you've seen it or not. What? A review. No. <laughs> we got kind of ripped. Oh, yeah? And I think it was more, it was probably me. Because it was Jess's episode. The period episode. <laughs> and I think the title was, aren't you guys married? <laughs> And I mean, I I should just read it, but I just read it this morning and it was just like, <laughs> I love your podcast. Normally you guys talk about things like, I love your perspective, but this was just like, it, she, I mean, she said disrespectful. I don't know how it was disrespectful because I think she was amazing, but like, okay, sorry. It, it's a weird topic for me to talk about. We all have our things, but you're right. I apologize. I will. I, I can say period now a lot easier. But, anyways, it was kind of funny to me. I just thought I'd bring it up. That's funny. I had but I'm sorry. I'll, whoever it was, I'll find the name. But that was a hard one for me. I'm sorry. You heard it. I couldn't even listen to the whole damn thing because I was so. I thought I just was like a 12 year old. So you're right. And so here I am, hat in hand, apologizing. Thank you for listening. Still. Enjoy and I will grow the hell up. Enjoy this episode. Yeah, this episode is awesome. And I wasn't disrespectful, okay? But anyway, use our codes, nitty gritty, perk. Everything. You can't just say everything. We got to say what it is. You're living proof. You're living proof. People need to take advantage of that, that one. That one, it, if you those, haven't listened to the last Those courses week, are going to oh, be incredible. Crap, that one was great. But anyways, we love you. Thanks, guys. Well, welcome to the Nitty Gritty. We are sitting here with Nick and Janessa Watcott. See, I remember. Is it Watcott or Whatcott? Like, it's, is there a pr- proper way to say it? I've always grown up. It's Watcott. Watcott. Okay, yeah, but I don't sense. care. Whatever yeah. works, man. I mean, it's spelled like Whatcott. <laughs> it is. Right? Yeah. But Watcott sounds way better. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Got to silence the phone. <laughs> it's only our 78th episode, so I'm still learning. <laughs> well, Welcome. Thanks for having me. I guess I didn't really. So, Goat, uh-huh. that's that's your company. Go Both ahead, of you guys? 
I have ownership in it, but I don't do a ton. I mean, you're the wife, so you're, technically well, you've got you are the technically boss. Through marriage, yeah, fifty percent, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, hey, least. Janessa did come up with the name. Though. I did. Nice. It's a so, great name. She did. I, I got to give her credit that. And then I have two business partners. Okay. Yeah, but I I do own Goat Haircuts. And then Nixon Strong. Correct. Correct. Right. Yep. And that's the one. I mean, obviously, I think everybody around here knows Goat now. There's quite a bit of them. They're, They're awesome. We're, we're trying to grow them. We've got... Uh, you guys have done a fantastic job. Right. Well, thanks. We've got about another... We'll probably have another, at least in the state of Utah, another 15 by spring. Wow. That many? Yeah. At the latest summer, and then we're starting to branch out of the state. I don't know if you know Sean Howard from the Johnson Files. I, I don't. <laughs> but he's a really big... <laughs> he's a big fan. He's a member. Oh, awesome. Goat Sweet. haircut. What's so. crazy is I have no hair, no haircut background whatsoever. Right? Yeah, none. Like, But you got to be like trimmed up, ready to go all the time now. I, like, Actually, gotta, I'm not half the time. <laughs> yeah, you're looking pretty high and tight <laughs> so right now. Whatever. Neither are our kids. No? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, say, once you own a salon, you got to start... You got to represent. And yeah, you'd think. And I then figure. I, have ne- I never have time to get in. <laughs> Or they're Isn't too that busy how it and goes. I can't get in. <laughs> That's totally how it goes. Everyone thinks I want barbecue all the time, and it's usually the last thing. We got to text. We went to the World Series last week. It was like oh, bucket list for oh, me. That's awesome. But we landed. It was in Dallas, and everyone's like, all right, let's go eat. Like, we're in Texas. Barbecue? I'm like, no. You're like, that's the last thing I want. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, please. I smell it all day long. Oh, well, it's like my friends, like, if you want to golf, don't get in the golf industry. Yeah. Because you never get to play. Don't make yeah. it your job. Yeah. You know? So totally ruins it. It's true. And so just for our listeners, tell us a little bit about Nixon Strong, your Instagram account. Start. All right. So we started Nixon Strong after our son, Nixon. He, um, he was six when he was diagnosed with cancer with osteosarcoma and he had it in his femur and his legs and his lungs and his arm and everywhere. So he battled for quite a while. And during that time, we had great foundations reach out to us who wanted to help support him on trips or just help him out teams. And so um, when he was pr- doing pretty good, we talked to him about, hey, let's start a foundation. Let's help out some other kids who are going through the same thing as you. And he thought that was so awesome. So that's why we started the Nixon Strong Foundation. He wanted to be able to give back like he had been given through other kids. So cool. I totally remember when you guys came over to BYU. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm at practice pretty much every day. Oh, yeah. Not this year, of course. Yeah. They Stupid COVID. Banned you. But yeah, it's... So yeah, I I, I mean, that was a couple years ago now, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So he was diagnosed in 2018 and we got in contact with the BYU team and they... They're amazing. amazing. They just took him in like he was one of their teammates and he thrived on it. Like it made him fight so much hard, harder knowing that he had so many people around him, but he ended up passing away in June, 2000. Let's see, June 25th, 2018. Yep. Yeah. 2018. 2018. That's when it was. And so we just decided we wanted to keep carrying on his legacy and his wish of helping others and, giving back to the cancer community we made a ton of friends and we didn't feel like we could just move on with our lives knowing that the situations they were in and things that their kids were fighting for and they were trying to do as a family and so we wanted to just keep it going wow you know it's funny before before we talk to we have to thank rena Rena and gary yeah oh yeah rena and gary sorry gary (laughs) rena and gary um you know they've they've brought you two up a lot, and 
I've, I mean, I've been familiar with, I think since the BYU thing, like, I feel like I see Nixon strong a lot. Like you guys are doing some pretty awesome things. Well, thank you. Yeah. And we're so. trying. We're I trying. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, no, go ahead. No, Nick, I was sure. just going to say, it's one of those things, you know, you try to, you're just, you got to try to build a name for it. And if it's right. uh, just like a business, I sure. mean, really, I mean, try to get, and the, the whole reason you're doing that is obviously create as much awareness as you can so that right. people, people know we can continue to grow it and do things for these kids and families. Um, and, and, and I have, we kind of both have a vision of what we want to get to. Um, and one of those, one of those visions that I have is we want to have a house down right by primary children's because there's families no that way. come here for, you know, they'll be, here, they'll, be, they'll be here for six months and they right. don't have anywhere to go. I mean, they're staying in the Ronald McDonald house or trying to figure something out. And so our goal and vision is, you know, a lot further down the road is to have lots of cool things. But one of those things for, for me personally is to have a house down there and that it's just blocked out for a certain period. And these people can come and you say, Hey, come in here. Here's a home for you to stay in. We, we provide the cleaning. What do you want for a grocery list? When do you want us to come in and clean? And you just worry about caring for your kid and your family. And, and that's, so that's something that we're trying to get to eventually. And so what we'll an amazing keep goal. creating awareness, you know, my awesome. gosh, you know, we had, we had an episode last week with the Deaton. So it was the second time he had been on and it was kind of based around addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a company called Your Living Proof, but I was thinking this morning, as far as something that has kind of gotten to the point where it's touched all of us, you know, there's not too many people anymore that have not been affected by, or somebody in their life affected by addiction. I kind of feel like childhood cancer is the other one. Yeah. You know, like we have a niece, Clara, who passed away. Man, it's been... How long has that been now? Seven, Almost eight years? Eight years. I think she passed away right after Brody was born. Wow. Well, so how, old she, how old was she? She was four, right? Oh, yeah. Neuroblastoma. Yeah. And yeah, it was just rough. And it, 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 I didn't know Clara that well. It's the one family in our in-laws that live back in Washington still. But, uh-huh. you know, I just remember that I, the legacy that the kids leave behind, there's something about... And sorry, I'm jumping right into the deep stuff right off the bat, but you're good. It's I I just I never forget how much of an impact Clara had on so many people that didn't even know her. There's something about little kids, as hard as it is. You know, the world's a tough place. Yeah, and that wall comes down pretty quick when you're. And that heart softens and melts really fast when you're talking about a child. And you just wonder how, I can't help but think that more people or, or God can get more work done through those precious little kids so much faster with large groups of people than he can with other, I guess, trials. Yeah, and That's probably a hard thing to, I don't think you could ever justify it, but it's I. For Clara, at least, from my experience, it's so, it's always been comforting to think that I know quite a few people personally that started going to church again, for example, because of Clara, or reached out and apologized to a family member, or kind of put things in perspective. Yeah, started speaking to a family member because, just like you said, Andrew, like it puts things into perspective and you realize that. 
life is a gift and you never know when it's gone. So I just feel like so much darkness became light or damage was repaired. Like just this one little four-year-old person just that I swear thousands of these people didn't even know. Yeah. And so it's so cool to hear that Nixon is doing the same thing and that you guys are continuing, continuing the legacy. Like Nick, I've known you for five minutes, but I can tell you're a pretty high energy dude. Oh, well, thanks. Like you're going to get it done. <laughs> like you just seem like the kind of, like you guys, you're going to get it done. Like that house is going to be there. Well, we're going to, we're going to make it happen for sure. And you're right. Like going back about to Nixon's story in the first place too, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing how this, you know, certain things happen in your life that you're kind of like, I would have never done this had this not occurred or had I met this person or this. And, um, I feel the same way because it's Janessa simply made a post on Facebook. It had nothing to do with like us trying to think about Nixon or what was going to happen next with him. It was, Hey, she made a post to, to really let her friends know that we're going, what was going on with Nixon when we first found out. And somebody had asked her, Hey, do you, can you make that public? And so she makes it public and suddenly her post goes viral to like, you know, I don't know how many people within three days. It was like crazy amount. It's like 100,000 or something. Yeah. Wow. And so suddenly people are following Nixon's story. I mean, from not all over the, all over the country, but even outside of the country. And um, so, you know, I do think that for sure, without a question that some of these kids and families and are, they, they, that's part of their mission. You know, they're part of their mission on earth was to, to do things for others, even including myself that, you know, I probably would have never started the Nixon strong foundation, obviously if it wasn't for Nixon. And so it makes you wonder about, you know, there's things that happen in our lives that, that, um, they're hard to explain sometimes. Yeah. And change us forever and change the direction and, and our, our goals and our actions that, um, that, that move us, you know? So, I mean, you can tell you guys are, pretty special and that's something Rena and Gary always talked about like you just I even texted her Rena this morning I was like hey what do I need to know and she's like just let them talk <laughs> she's like they're so they're amazing great. like oh, just, just let them talk amazing too. <laughs> but I'm curious we've had a little time looking back as you kind of maybe you reflect on it was there anything that happened previous to Nixon getting cancer that you feel like was preparing you for that moment I know you can never be prepared for it but do you ever look back and think okay this is how we've been able to get through it, right? Like hindsight's always twenty twenty. I don't. I don't think so, but I don't maybe. think so. I think we've gone through some other trials in our life before that and been able to come out and fight through it and go through that. And so I think maybe that helped knowing that we had been through hard things. We had already had another son pass away earlier when he was an infant. And so I was like, if I can survive that, like I can survive anything. Was it a similar thing? No, so he was born, um, he was born with, I mean, normal baby. He had like double club feet, which we did all the genetic testing and everything looked fine about, but um, they ended up, he ended up having a seizure. So they went and did more testing and he had a blockage in his aortic arch. So while he was developing in utero, like he basically was brain damaged. He wasn't getting enough blood flow up there. And so they're like, there's nothing that we can do. He's had so much brain damage you know, he won't be able to make it on his own. So we ended up just taking him off life support when he was a week old. And so that I think kind of prepared us because it's like, okay, we could do that. That was really hard. It sucked a ton, but like 
we were able to pick ourselves up and move forward. And so I think with Nixon's diagnosis, I just assumed we'd be able to do the same. I was like, you know, we can fight through this. We've, we have a great family, great kids. Like, they love each other a ton. You know, we'll just ban this out for as many months as we need to, and we'll be over it. And I also thought, there's no way Nixon will pass away from this, because, like, God's already taken one of our sons. There's He can't take another one. Like, we've already paid our price. We've already done our dues type thing. And that's kind of where being naive <laughs> is nice <laughs> but um but yeah i don't know that's the only thing i can think of that would maybe prepare us for is because we'd already overcome some other hard trials that we knew we got this like we can do it yeah what was it like like how did how did the diagnosis come to be um you want me to talk about that or you want to talk about care. that i mean i'll, I'll just uh, so um well it was just random he had complained about having leg pain in his leg um but he nixon was nixon was a trooper he he played basketball he just started wrestling and we were we were skiing that winter and his first complaint to me that i can even recall about his leg like being tired or hurting was skiing and this was probably in december early december and not a lot, not a lot of mention of it. I mean, he said his leg, and I just attributed it to him skiing throughout the day. Yeah, leg aches with kids. Are yeah, pretty normal. Like, I'm like, like, when they're growing, exactly. and growing pains. Exactly. Yeah. That's so. What we so that's the first time I ever hear of it, right. and then progressively, more that month, and even into January, a little it it tended to, to pick up a little bit more. He'd wake up in the middle of the night, and he'd be crying that his leg hurt, and. Uh, but he also was wrestling in January. He run he, he won his he the first time he'd ever wrestled and he won his first entire wrestling match in his age division. Wow. In January. Okay, and he's got cancer in his body already. He's he's stage four cancer because come February, he, he kinda finally it was getting where it was happening more frequently and he was crying. And so I even told Janessa, maybe take him in. Let's see what's going on. Obviously, there's something. Maybe he fell down. Maybe something happened at basketball. He's got a little hairline fracture, something weird, right? And so she took him in, and that's when the pediatrician took the x-ray and noticed the sarcoma in his, in his uh, femur. And I remember thinking the first time when she called me, like, it wasn't that serious, but she was kind of a little bit freaked out. And so... Um, but they had wanted us to go up to primary children's that night and we were supposed to go to a baseball tournament for my other boys. And so suddenly I was starting to get a little worried when they're like, yeah, you guys need to come in right now. And we took them up that night and within a 24 hour window, our lives had changed. We went from, you know, Hey, this is just something in his leg to suddenly, no, he's got stage four osteosarcoma cancer and he's in the fight of his life, you know? And so suddenly that will, that'll, that'll, you know, that'll just, that was something that was. The kid was tough as nails, huh? Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. I mean, wrestling alone, I want my kids to wrestle. I, so I wrestled in Wasatch back in the day. I sucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up in Southern yeah. California and I graduated with Kale Sanderson, like, our team was like top oh, wow. five in the country, and I got worked yeah. every single week. But Makes I had cool tough. free stuff. But yeah, <laughs> I just remember how little, like little wasp wrestling in Heber. Like you don't, if your kid's soft, he doesn't wrestle. You know what I mean? Like gotta have grit. So uh, it just makes you think of a bulldog. Like for him to feel that leg, I mean, it probably any other normal kid, right? It, it, you know. What a tough kid, man. Yeah. And and that was there when he was wrestling. Yeah. That that was there. 
And, and that's a crazy that thing about this whole thing is if you looked at Nixon, even the day we took him in, you looked at Nixon, there's no way you would know that the kid is sick. Sure. Like you can't, there's, there's nothing. He doesn't have any symptom that he's oh. sick other than, hey, my leg hurts. And suddenly, you know, he's got stage four osteosarcoma in his body. And at the, and, and really his, 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 uh, you know, it was all over his body. And at the time, you know, we didn't know that it was everywhere. They had, they didn't know it was in his arm. We knew that it was in his lungs a little. Um, but we, we weren't prepared for it. I mean, when the, when he goes in and he gets the confirmed diagnosis, you know, they go in and actually take out part of the bone. It's a small surgery takes to, you know, go get the, to go take the sample of it to get a confirmation result on that. And the surgeon comes back. I can't ever forget that day. And he's looking at us saying, Hey, you know, your son's in for the fight of his life. And by the way, um, we've got to amputate his leg. I mean, that's where that was right off the bat, right off the bat. bat. (laughs) And you got to make that decision and you have no idea what's happening and what's really going on. I mean, we're so foreign to, to cancer. And so that, was a crazy moment in life that you don't forget. And then you're making these tough decisions for Nixon, you know, to try to give him the best shot to, to beat it with the information you have. But, uh, looking back on that, that, that was, that was a real tough time, you know, having to tell Nixon that he's got to have his leg amputated and his brothers and, and, and those types of conversations that, that no parent really wants to ever have with their kid. But you think, Hey, if we get through this, Hey, you're going to win it. And then, you know, eventually down the road, you've got to look Nixon in the eyes and tell him that he's, he's not going to make it. And, you know, that's brutal. So that's where, you know, these families and what they go through and these kids, the foundation for me is about, uh, sorry. All right. It's really about um, giving kids hope. You know, if uh, because the hard thing is, is people don't always see behind the scenes, and the kids, you know, they don't want to let their parents down. They don't want to let people down. And uh, it's really about them fighting for all they have and, and you trying to give them a sense of hope and a sense of some normalcy because some of these kids, you know, they lose all of their normalcy, which isn't fair at yeah. some of these ages. And so that's, to me, when we when we came up with the foundation, we said, hey, we've got to do something. I don't want this money going to research. There's plenty of money that goes to research. There's huge organizations that go to research. I want this money and these funds to have a direct impact on the kids and their families. Quality of life. Yeah, and a quality of life or, hey, if you know you're not going to make it, go do something fun. Go make as many memories as you can possible with your, with your kid. You know, and some of these people... Um, like Janessa's been working with a family out of Texas and, you know, some of these families, you just, they don't have a lot and they don't have a lot of means. And so we want to try to do whatever we can to help them. And that's really what it, the bottom line is, is, Hey, what can we do to, to, to make these kids find some hope and find some, some, some happiness along their journey? And, uh, then the other piece of it is what can we do to financially support the family? You know, some of these people have, 
parents are losing their jobs, um, whatever it is to just battle it with their kids because it can be such a long process. Right. How can we help you and your family, whether it's paying your mortgage or helping out with the medical bills? So, Well, and you know, for the parents, I'd imagine, it's so funny. It's like, what, at what age do we start feeling like adults that have our crap together? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, like, true. it's such a tall ask for a parent. You know, I guess when I think of your end goal with the ha- with the home, like, you know, like you say, the stresses of work, like being away from a job for a couple months, like, you know, I remember watching so many documentaries about after Colorado legalized marijuana, uh-huh. how many families were like buying RVs or campers and parking one parent in Colorado to get residency so they could treat their kids. Mm. Like, I mean... That's the type of stuff that you're talking about. But yeah. for a parent, especially, you know, you go from one day planning out the ball trip, like the baseball tournament, to just upside down, everything upside down. You, I mean, I imagine you have to do your best to not show fear. Yeah. Right? Like you, you have to mirror the strength for your little kid because what's a little kid going to do? Like they're going to be looking at mom and dad. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. how am I supposed to feel? Like am I scared? Like, And if you're scared, they're scared. If you're stressed, they're stressed. And God, I would imagine something like that, the idea that you have takes so many of those things that shorten life as it is. I mean, the stresses that we all have and the worry and make it so they can just focus on the treatments, but then even enjoying themselves, right? Like good food, comfortable place to stay, go out and catch a ball game with their kids. Just things that I, I can't imagine that some of those things aren't better than medicine. I yeah. totally agree. Right? I think it's just the little things. And the other thing is like families are literally like split apart at this time. Usually right. one parent is at the hospital with the cancer patient and the mom or dad, whoever else is trying to run work and run school life at home. And a lot of kids even fly out of state. So then they're having right. one parent out of state for, and I think I just remember being at the hospital and just being like, I just want to be together with my family. I just want to be home. And I remember one time we got tickets as a family to go to the jazz game and it was the best thing because it's like we were out doing something normal and we were together as a family and you take off of it. Yeah. It's just like you said earlier about perspective. It really changes your perspective of, you know, what's important. And I remember also being like, I wish I was a Saturday running around with my head cut off, running my kids baseball games, going like crazy. And I'm stuck in this room, like fighting for my kid's life. And it does. That's an interesting put things into perspective perspective. Like I, I guarantee just about everybody listening to this right now within the last few days had that like Saturday sucked. I had to do all this crap <laughs> yeah. the things to do, right? To leave and go to the grocery store. And my damn kid wouldn't shut up and all these, and that, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then all you hear stuff. this story and you hear of a, an awesome mom that wishes she had a Saturday like that. And there's so many, yeah, right? there's so many moms out there like that, like, and parents, I mean, dads too, but it's just like, well, we whine more than the moms. Yeah, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The truth. You're but not they, allowed to say that. I know. I was like, in a room full of men, I shouldn't say that. Truth. <laughs> but they literally would do anything to be together as a family, and it. Sure. I don't know. For me, it helps keep things in perspective. Just hearing their stories. So, when throughout the process did the foundation come? You know, I mean, you guys had plenty on your plate. Like, when did the idea of the foundation actually come? It it came. Um, 
it came when he was doing pretty well. And so that was, he, there, were, there were moments where he was doing really good. There was moments where we'd stop treatment, you know. And so he, there was a time where he felt really, really good and had grew his hair back. And I don't remember exactly what month. It was probably maybe six months prior. Before yeah, it was he, in the spring. Yeah, before he kind of started going downhill. And, and that's where it we started talking with Nixon and I even asked Nixon, what would you want to do? You know? And he just, he kept saying, Oh, I want to do the things that I've been able to do, you know, which was to go out and get away from it and, and do fun things. And there, like Janessa said, you know, there were some great, amazing, phenomenal groups that we got the chance to go do things with that. I'm so grateful for those memories. You know, we went, uh, we went on a hunting trip with Nixon and it was just awesome, you know, on a private ranch and wow. he, yeah. And just to have that experience now and the, those memories are awesome. So that's kind of when it came about. Okay. Yeah. The other interesting thing, you know, perspective that comes up with all this too, is you don't want to forget about your other kids. Right. And so Janessa and I, out of the gate, we tried to make that commitment to our other kids because they've still got all their lives going. And, and how you many other kids did you have? We we have three other boys. Okay. Yeah, and so they are all in baseball at the time. Poor thing. You're yeah. not kidding me. And oh boy dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and boy dogs. And bo- they refuse to have any women in the house. <laughs> she said she's getting a girl dog. I'm this getting spring. a girl dog this <laughs> she spring. Said she's got to break it's up the purse. testosterone. Oh, yeah. I know someone who can help you. And we're gonna mate them and everything. We definitely know somebody that can help you with that. That's what Andrew's wife does. Oh, nice. And it is foofy, foofy purse dogs. So, oh, no. I got to have big dogs. Oh, I'll thank you. Let's talk. Yeah. I, I have a Newfoundland talk. and a Bernese Mountain Dog. Oh, yeah. That's up my alley. I don't like to bend over to pet dogs. and so <laughs> I don't want to step on perfect. it and kill it. Right? Like, uh, life's too fast. I can't pay attention to you. <laughs> The problem is we already have two dogs and she wants to add another dog because she says she needs a female dog. (laughs) I deserve it. What kind of dogs do you guys have? We have a black and tan coon hound. Oh, no way. Which I didn't know spoke so much. Oh, yeah. He never shuts up. (laughs) And then we have a Vishla. Very cool. Yep. So what's your dog? What do you want? I'm going to get a girl Vishla and I'm going to have a mate teach my boys about a lot of things. Yeah. And make money. <laughs> there you go. Make their college tuition. It's like a two for one. I love it. What a great way to, I mean, we had a cool episode about that a few weeks ago, right? About having the talk. Yeah. See, there great, you go. Great, what hey, a great way to do it. With the dogs. Okay. That's right. And you make money Choices while you learn. Choices and consequences. <laughs> Choices and consequences. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so with the foundation, that's one thing we wanted is siblings to be not just focused. I mean, we want the cancer kids to be focused on, but sure. if we're ever sending out care packages, I'm always like, hey, how many siblings do they have? What are they interested in? And we make sure we send them because oh. they also take on a lot. I mean, they're trying to deal with this mentally too. Parents are gone. Siblings are gone. The kid comes home. They see them. They're so sick all the time and we don't want them to feel left out or lost. You know, there are a lot of parallels to this with Danny's episode last week. Just like when you have somebody sick with addiction too, you forget how much it affects, you know, if it's a younger person, other kids in the home, because the yeah. parents are just like yeah. fighting tooth and nail to save this yeah. person or, yeah. and the other kids just kind of get neglected. Yeah. And I mean, it makes it so that journey becomes their journey. And then it's got to be so easy to get to the point where they just get pissed off about it. And absolutely, you know, like it's just, it just adds so much more stress. So you guys thinking of that is such a, you know, you mentioned the Ronald McDonald house. Like I do quite a bit with them through the Utah Grizzlies and 
such a cool thing. I know Huntsman does the same thing. Yeah. Like Huntsman yeah. has really built out their facilities to make it comfortable for people to come and stay for an extended period of time. And those things are so important. They help and so, a ton. I mean, you guys thinking of the siblings is huge because I don't think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Right? And we try to make sure that they're included, like send the whole family on the wish trip. You right. Know, make sure that it's everybody going that wants to go on their immediate family. That's cool. So, yeah. Is that what they did with you guys? I mean, were they? Yeah. Yeah. Really so cool. we had make a wish. Usually, you know, that's pretty much all over the nation right. to yeah. do. Yeah, what happens, right. though, is sometimes these kids will get diagnosed with cancer. They'll go on their wish trip, which is awesome they get relapsed again and then they fight cancer for two more years and then they get relapsed again and they keep fighting cancer and these families their last trip together was six years ago because other than that they've been in treatment the whole time yeah you can't leave when you're in treatment because it's such a rigorous process the kids are sick and the family can't afford it and so we just had a family this past year that they got the diagnosis that she had relapsed six times from leukemia She's been fighting it for so long. And so Jeez. we're like, okay, what's your wish trip? Where would you want to go with your family? And she wanted to go to Hawaii. and Or no, she wanted to go to, let's see, we went to California with her. And so we're just bought them plane tickets, just sent their whole family to California for a week because they hadn't been on a trip together for like six years. Yeah, and she wanted to swim with dolphins. Yeah, she, she went swim with dolphins do and all that. So what is uh-huh. that like? I mean, now still running the foundation and you have families coming to you. I mean, is it hard to choose like who you are going to do a trip like that for? We try to do everybody that we can. I mean, we obviously are smaller as a foundation. We don't have the means as some of the bigger foundations. And so if we can't do a huge trip, we try to help them out in some way or the other. And I think with COVID starting, there hasn't been a lot of traveling as it was. But yeah. COVID goes away tomorrow, so we're good. Yeah, yeah sweet. sweet. <laughs> Let's do it. Everybody, Please. let's travel. Please. <laughs> but oh. we just try to help as much as we can. And it's hard because there's so many people who need help. I think right. that's one thing that opened up our eyes. Because when Nixon was diagnosed, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's like 10 other families in the Valley. It's like, there's hundreds of kids. And it's it's just never ending. I mean, there's funerals that have happened this past year for these kids. And not only that, it's like, okay, well, they want to pay for that funeral, but then the parents also want to buy a plot of land so that they're next buried next to their kids. And it's just all those added expenses you don't realize. Totally unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So the psychology of, I don't know, I think it would, is it hard sometimes to see yourselves and another family going through that? Ask that. Like, yeah. Like, like, does it ever reopen? Like feelings? Uh, or does it do the opposite? And I don't think it reopens any negative feelings. I think it helps me keep things in perspective because as life goes on, right, you still you can get pulled down that. We all do, right? It's, life's busy. Right. But for me, um, I think – I feel like I'm, I, I can sympathize a lot more than maybe I would have ever, sure. you know, and you understand and appreciate what they're going through and you want to be able to do whatever you can to – to stop the world for them and help them. That's how I feel about it. Um, and so. Well, it's become a passion, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at entrepreneurs and they succeed because they're passionate about what they do. And the world needs more Watcots. Oh, I mean, thank plain you. and simple. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sorry. Nice. No. And like. So it sucks that you have to go through it, but yeah. think of, you know, for anybody that lives just a normal, long life the legacy that Nixon leaves, you know, and a lot of it thanks to you too. Um, and his short time that was here is 
20 times that of however many people that live a long life and just work and wake up and work and wake up and just, yeah. So, you know, we talk on here all the time about how, no matter how dark something is. So, you know, it's almost like the darker it is, the more light comes from it when you dig your way out. I mean, what a special and unfortunately necessary thing for the world to have. Yeah. And you know, it's a huge responsibility to be put on you guys, but I've known you for 20 minutes and you guys have the shoulders for it. I mean, you guys just, it, it sucks that I'm sure some days it sucks that it had to be you guys, but I, there's going to be a lot of grateful people for it. Yeah, no, I agree. But the cool I thing is, is I'll, I'll tell you through this whole thing too. And even during Nixon's process, it's amazing to see people. I mean, it's, it's like the things Nixon got, the, the, the packages he would receive, the support he got. And it really inspired me too. like, man, I can do more. I've got to do more. I got to be better. I mean, some of these people didn't even know him, the things they sent him, um, the Navy SEALs that he got to know and through it, that's what he wanted to be. And so these Navy SEALs teams, he already had it the way, yeah, the way they rallied around him, he got to go and do some amazing things with these guys. And, How did that come about? If and you know I mean, he, he he had this like natural love that he just wanted about to be. About loving like, the Navy SEALs? He, he, just about, yeah, like how did that connection <laughs> well, happen? He how? loved football. He, yeah. <laughs> and we were watching one of the Meet the Mormons things. Right. And he's like, wait, Navy has a football team? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, yes. He's like, I want to play for Navy. I want to be a SEAL. And I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. Yeah, and then we met some friends yeah, that were in BUDS, friends. and then we've known some of these other guys that they made connections with guys that were SEALs, and they came and visited him in the hospital wow. while he was there. And then he's just like diehard. We let him watch... Um, uh, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. The TV edition. Hey, you know it what? was the TV edition. Oh, he loved it. When you're oh, seven yeah. and you don't have a yeah. lot, you pretty much get whatever. Yeah, you and so hell yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. homeboy went had his leg totally. amputated. Like he so, can handle Lone Survivor. Well, and that's the analogy that we use for right. for him about when it when we had to do it. Like, hey, you know, this is just going to be like some of these other soldiers that you know they went and battled and they've got a new leg and he met some of these guys and and that that was so cool for him to have that perspective from them about, Hey, I can still do anything, you know, like, yeah, "Yeah, my leg got, my leg's gone, but I can do anything. And so we tried to use that perspective for Nixon, um, when that all shook out, but he loved it because he was already planning on putting like extra grenades in his prosthetic and some knives. So if he ever gets like captured or anything, he's like, I could just reach in there and pull out stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yep. And after that, I was like, you go be a Navy SEAL. I mean, SEALs are born see, like you, you're, you have it or you don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, if you've and been it sounds like Nixon had it. Yeah. I mean, just the tough, like, He's a warrior, he would have sure. been crazy. I mean, just holding it in with the pain he was dealing with, winning a wrestling turn, like, it just, they are wired. I've met two in my life, you know, in real life. Yeah. And they're just wired. They're amazing. Differently. For sure. It, it, they're crazy. Yep. Like, in a good way, but. Oh, yeah. They're crazy. Yep. Yeah, and they rallied along with him. They'd send letters to him from all parts of the world, flags. Unreal. And so it was funny because um, on we we actually got to go out to, to Navy and go to a game. And um, they, they had these Army Good guys. Good old Ken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ken He's was a stud, man. Amazing. Awesome. 
um, those guys treated him like gold there too. And it was just incredible. How cool is that place? Yeah. It's oh, so amazing. Awesome. Annapolis is uh, so cool. It's amazing. You go there and you just hear the history and it's like incredible. But it was funny because then all the army guys would be like, you know, he'd, he'd tell all the army, go Navy, beat army. <laughs> no. You're like, no, be special forces. Well, we got to switch you to, and then the other special force guys that he got, because some of the army guys were phenomenal too, that he got to meet, were trying to switch him over to be army and he, he wouldn't change. There's, yeah. There's no seals. Seals he are seals. They're, they're, what a yeah. cool thing. So I'm excited. So my uncle Blair made meet the Mormons. Oh, Blair really? True, yeah. That's awesome. So I'm excited to tell him this story because yeah. it's just, those that's are those connections movie. that are so, yeah, those stories are so cool to hear because yeah. you just, you know, you put something out there and you don't realize that something like that can happen for sure. somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm just grateful for you guys too to have us on. I mean, for us, it's like, you know, the whole thing is, is let's just keep creating as much awareness right. as we can to, to no, keep being able to give it. back. It's got to be so hard to... So talk about over and over and it's, I mean, it's still new. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, so it's. How do you guys keep such a good perspective on right. things? I mean, talking to you both, everything that's happened, like I love. And running a business, starting well, a business. We're not there right? yet. Like well, there's right, still sorry. more to that, right? Sorry, I'm but just it, adding to the coolness. But it's just like, <laughs> how have you been able to keep positive perspective through this? Um, it's really easy to think, no, like why, like we've already, we already lost a son, like, yeah. no, not again. And then you're going through it and like everything that happens, like it's so easy to get mad and, you know, to get angry at things. How have you guys been able not to get that way? So for me, like I kind of go back to like, I wrote, I spoke at his funeral and I wrote my talk probably like at 11 o'clock that night. Cause you know. You have a list you to spoke do. You at his funeral? Yeah. Wow. I did. Because I was like, I have to honor him. Like, we got, I mean, you're close with your kids, but I was usually the one there at the hospital. I mean, Nick was there quite a bit too when he could, but he had you to provide have, money. Listen, moms, it's a different level. <laughs> oh, we yeah. understand, yep. right? Yeah, totally. It and really is. <laughs> so, I mean, Nixon was like my best friend. Like, I spent more time with him than anybody. And so I was like, I have to speak, like that would just be a dishonor. And so I just remember like hurrying and writing out my talk and um, I just had like the best spiritual feeling. Like it was, it was going to be fine. It was going to be all right. And um, I'm on a Facebook group with some other cancer moms locally who have had kids pass away and stuff. And it's nice to get feedback. And one of the moms was talking about, you know, being angry and, you know, at God for doing this and for doing this to her kid and for her family and, this other mom had commented about like how she could never be angry because God's the only one who can perfect her child. And that just hit home because I'm like, there's no way I could have saved Nixon. It doesn't matter how much money. I mean, we thought about going to Russia. We heard about a trial, like going to Mexico, like we researched out everywhere, but it didn't matter what we did because like his plan and his path was already set place by God. And I won't be able to heal him. I won't be able to bring him back, but God can. And with him right now, I know he's happy. I know he's enjoying himself. And so and this all, this feeling that like that all came while it was happening or after? Um, I would say like, I had the faith that like he, it was, what was going to happen was going to happen. 
and I could either be mad and angry about it for the rest of my life or I could just learn from it and kind of grow from it and find something beautiful out of it and that's like the foundation has helped with that and it's just like this one thing that just kept playing in my mind like there has to be something that comes out of these ashes like I felt like our whole world was just burnt down to a crumble like nothing left and it's like there has to be something good that comes out of this and nothing's going to be good that comes out of it unless you make it like nobody's going to come and be like here this is all amazing and beautiful now like we have to be the ones that get up and make something good out of it I feel like there's so much to unpack there about your both of your pasts. Like, either you went through hell and back already, or you were both raised by kick-ass parents, <laughs> or it, it's such a healthy, it's such a healthy way to think of it, especially during or shortly after it happened. You know, because I feel like grief does really crazy things to people. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's to think, I kind of feel like the, the one that, and you know, you can't ever blame anybody for this, no. but you know, like there's no God or yeah. he hates me or I did something wrong or like what it's always just, this is a horrible thing, but to, to, I don't know. It's so healthy what you were thinking. I mean, just to have that feeling because moms are obviously there's a level of intuition there with their kids that we will never understand. Like we are, we're, yeah. Yeah. No, no question. We're seriously (laughs) here to like dig ditches and (laughs) lift heavy things for you guys. And so I'm convinced like we're going to get to heaven. Like, Hey, yeah, that whole priesthood thing that was just so you guys felt like you were adequate that you could <laughs> that you could even like maybe step up to their level right <laughs> right no but for what it's worth like all days aren't like that like there are days oh, that i'm sure i wanted to like go to the cemetery and like just claw with my hands back to go in there but i think as far as like having the purpose of the foundation i've thought at times like they don't need me they'll find somebody else to help them out or they'll find, but in reality, there's so many kids. There's so many people who are just in our same position that just, they just need some help. They need somebody to be there. And so that's what gets me out of my bed is helping them. How can people help support you in this? Like with the foundation, like what's, you know, like if someone's listening right now and they're touched and if they are listening, there's no way they're not touched. I was going to say if they're not touched. You have no um, soul. <laughs> I mean, for I mean, I wish we could do even more. And the thing about it is, really, the biggest thing is financial help. Okay, we don't take a dime from the foundation. Never have. Don't plan on it. Um, all the money that we di- we 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 get and brings in, it goes back. Cool. And so, really, it's um, if they know somebody that needs help. Even that we have a thing online you could submit. Um, if they know somebody that uh, it needs the help. But really, we've got to keep creating awareness or fi- figure out a way to just continue to be able to build funds. And so we're trying to do more things that with COVID this year, we wanted to have a race. We, we do a, a baseball tournament. Yep. We're going to do a baseball tournament again next year. Um, but whatever we can keep doing just to continue to support it financially, to keep growing that so that we can um, – to give back because that's really the funds we want to be able to give as much as we can back out. And so that's the biggest thing you can do is really give a financial contribution. And we're a 501 C three. So you can, it's totally fully deductible. Fully deductible. Yeah. I've always thought like 
how cool would that be to do like the make a wish for someone, right? Like I've seen the stories on it and it always is so awesome. It's, that's always been something like that would be so fun to be able to provide that, yeah. you know, for someone else, maybe bring them a, just a smile on the day where so much hard and bad is around them, you know, lighten that load just for a little bit, if nothing else. It is. And it's those, it's those little things like that, like getting packages or going on a trip that helps when you go down into the valleys of going back into chemo, going back into radiation, having your kid be sick and separated. It's just those little things that help get you through those. I mean, these kids are in treatment probably for years. Yeah. So, so do you guys kind of focus on this type of cancer or is it childhood cancer? Cause I know with Clara, for example, neuroblastoma is a very rare form of cancer. And mm-hmm. man, the thing that we all learned that really sucked was it's like the rarer the cancer, there's the less treatments there are because there's no money in it, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's really, oh, that's really hard. Yep. Well, so, childhood cancer in general, like that's been right. a big push this year. It's just, there's no funding. No, they it. only get about like 4% of all of the national funding through the cancer. That's and crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's again, why we went back. Like, I, I don't want this funds. This isn't going towards research. Money. Right. We got to make an impact on the families and help them right now. Right now. And, um, well, like so, kids are strong, you oh, know, it's like, they're so resilient. You get, I don't want to make fun of myself here, but it's like, I'm 41 years old. I'm 390 pounds. Like, it's like, I've lived a long life. I just, I would much rather like a young, vibrant, strong kid get like, that's what we should be. 4%, yeah. like 4%. that's crazy. Well, and that's not even like all the side effects from these chemo, from the chemotherapy treatments that they get. And people don't realize that. I was going like, to ask about that. So like Nixon was already starting to lose his hearing. I know a ton of kids that lose their hearing. They're not able to have kids. Like all their reproductive organs get messed up. Their hearts get messed up. And then, as a parent, you'll do anything to have your kids live, right? For like sure. all, all of us would do anything. But then all these side effects that domino down for the rest of their lives, it's, they just get robbed of everything. And they deal with other issues that they've already had to do. It's not like it's, I mean, some of them, some of them get out and they, they get cured and and they move along and maybe they don't, but I wouldn't say that that's most of them. I think most of them have some long-term side effects that they have to deal with because of it as well, you know? So, but to speak to your question, we, we, it's any, any type of cancer for any of these kids. Yeah. Um, we, we are trying to get down the prosthetic piece a little bit more where we can help oh, kids cool. who have lost, but that's really kind of a small fraction too, because it's usually dealing with Ewing's or osteosarcoma type um, cancers. If they don't have the means, we're, we're going to try to start supporting what's, them there. What's Ewing's, if you don't mind me Ewing's asking? is another form of bone cancer. Okay. Yeah. It's more common. Wouldn't you say it's more common in girls? I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty... I'm pretty certain it's usually more common in girls. So what's the success rate with, I mean, is there early detection with, with bone cancer? Is there? There's not. It's there's really, not. It's, it usually ends up like this. With, I was going like, to say. Hey, I've got leg pain. I mean, we, when we took long. Nixon in, you know, we caught that. I mean, really, he'd only complained about December. We took him in in February. Wow. There was another person. And it was at stage four already. Stage four. Jeez. And so, um, and again, like you looked at him, you'd never know. And there's other kids that. Um, when it was, when we took Nixon and they said, yeah, I mean, we, we saw somebody that, uh, was, had waited nine months and brought their kid in and it was only isolated to the, the location. Wow. It hadn't spread. And that's the other thing they don't really understand or know why, you know, to an, to an entirety of why 
it would spread in somebody else versus not and just stay isolated um, with wow. Ostersacoma or like a Ewing's. But for whatever reason, it, it you know, it it spread all over in Nixon. And so he, he even had it. And usually in Ostersacoma and Ewing's, it'll start in their humerus or their, their femur. The, the kind of the crazy thing too with Nixon is usually – Osteosacoma happens in more adolescents, uh -huh. and um, the fact that he was only six and truly like stage four is pretty rare too. So, again, you know, you, there's no there's no rhyme or reason how, and that's the other crazy thing about how he would have even gotten it. You know, we don't smoke, and there's not it's not like he's around sure. things that could potentially give somebody cancer, and so you just never know. I mean, it's just uh, one of those things that you're just. You know, you pray you don't ever have to deal with, but um, hopefully we can be there for for those who are, you know. Wow. Yeah. So when did GOAT come in this process? Because this is enough. Well, like, GOAT. <laughs> I was going to say, GOAT, GOAT you, talk about you the guys company. are busy enough. <laughs> See, so GOAT, was, GOAT was, uh, was interesting. We'd already started and I'd already formed the actual organization. We'd had the idea and started working through it. So it was already under underway. I was at four-way inspection on the first building in Lehigh. And Can I back you up and ask yeah. where the idea came from? Like, uh, what, Was there a moment that just was like, you got another bad haircut from a super cut or something? <laughs> here. It's like, this is it really wasn't even that. It was actually right. with my other job and like having to hit quarterly revenues all the time as a sales device rep uh -huh. and always having that like, Hey, it doesn't matter how billic I build this. I'm constantly penalized year over year, just like, wow. you know, nature of sales, right? Sure. But I'm like, how am I going to keep doing this? There's got to be something that I can do that as I build it and sustain it, um, we can keep growing it. And ironically, I was talking with some sports clips people, owners, and they were telling me how successful they were. And I'm like, what? I'm like, really? So I just started doing a little research. I'm like, we can make this way better. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, we have some cool plans uh, this year, too, to, to branch off and do um, – uh, we're going to probably do a test phase of Go Athletic Spa, Go Haircuts and Athletic Spa. Oh, now we're – And talking. those athletic spas – I just spas, shaved my head. Yeah. The, but I'm in for the spa. Yeah, the athletic spa is geared all at men's recovery therapy. So Very we're talking cool. massage to cupping to cryotherapy to – all those types of things too that we're looking Smart. at doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not so. going to lie. Before the shaved head, I loved going in and getting pampered. Yeah, dude, you <laughs> need at to. a barber shop. You'd go in, you get the hot towel, you oh, get yeah. the straight razor. They do all that. You get the nose wax. Yep. Oh. You ask for the put you the steam on the, your face. They got the a steamer. With the best nails, you know, wash your <laughs> <Totally>. hair. Totally. <laughs> Give you the head massage. <laughs> but like, I mean, so you don't have any experience in it. The idea came. Mm -hmm. You went to Jen's like, hey, I know we're kind of busy right now. Idea. I think we should start a business that I have no experience in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, he always is having all the, I don't know how his brain functions because mine's not the same, but he always is having all these ideas of There's businesses. There's like a million other things I'd like to do and right like, now too. That <laughs> like sounds great, but I'm going to go take a nap. Like, <laughs> it sounds like too much work. And so he had an idea. And so we were trying to think of a name for it. And so I just got on my phone and I think I was searching like top acronyms or something. And I was like, what about go like greatest of all time? So timely too, because it's become such a it was. well yeah. used. Totally. I mean, you hear it all the time now. Yeah. And so, man, you were ahead of the curve on that one. Well, thanks. And 
credit to Janessa on the oh, name. Don't forget it. <laughs> Rewind. You were ahead of the Thanks. curve on that one. <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, anyways, we 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 did it, and I was at four way inspection on the building. Um, and and what's interesting is I had talked to a friend of mine who owns another business, and he kind of looked at some early stage preliminary numbers, and he asked me to be a partner or if I'd consider, and I initially told them no. And, uh, and then I kind of went back and I was at this moment, I was reading this book and, um, it was about, um, it was actually, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget his name. General McRaven's book about, uh, uh, make your bed. Have you guys read that? Oh, yeah. So he talks about a part in there rowing the boat together as a, as a team. And, um, I don't know. It struck me, and so I decided and to bring in some partners. I I ended up, and he's he's hands down one of the smartest guys I ever know. But I just thought I'm going to do this on my own. It wasn't anything against him, and uh, anyways, I ended up bringing him in and another partner, and it was perfect timing because I think about it now, and we just kind of finalized things and decided to do it, and then we're on four way inspection on the building, and we found out about this. And I just think, man, if I would have not had those guys to help, wow. help and support, I can't even imagine how that would have gone. So you were at four way wow. and then found out, and then Nick got his diagnosis. Uh huh. Whoa. Yeah. So that was in the process, and then so we launched the business with while everything was going on, um, still, oh, and, and those guys helped out a lot, and credit to those guys as well because they've been tremendous. So why a barber shop? Um, honestly, I just thought, well, again, I just thought it was a great, I wanted to, I, I felt like Did I, you go to a barber before. No, I felt like I could disrupt the market. Okay. My whole goal was to disrupt the market. And, uh, I know that's kind of bold to say, but I'm sure there's a lot of barbers that hate us, but we have, I mean, at the end of the day, we, uh, we decided to do unlimited, we do unlimited plans. So you can cool. go get your haircut for 35 bucks a month and go in as much as many times as you want. So it's a, Car washes, it's a man. subscription. Subscription. Yeah, it's all subscription based. Really? Yeah, we have different uh, subscription services depending on what you want. And then you can go in as many times as you want. And if you're a guy that likes to keep your hair tight and short, then it's great. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, it works for everybody. Not, it doesn't work for everybody, but uh, depending on what you want. And so that's kind of the model we took on. And it's really taken off. I think a lot of people have really appreciated it. And I just felt like. There was just other, I think there was things missing in the marketplace that I felt that guys would appreciate. And, um, and I just kind of have like everything that I like and that I'm into just like from the perspective of goat, not that I'm like necessarily even diehard into barbering or any of that. I'm just like, well, what would a guy like me like? And that's kind of the way I've tried to treat it and say, Hey, what needs or what improvements can we make, um, to the industry? And so we've, we've tried to do that. So when when was like the actual opening of the first? It was in place? May May of eighteen, oh in Lehigh. Gosh. Yeah, and Jeez. yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, and again, uh, I mean, I'm just so grateful that I had those guys, and I'm so grateful I brought them in. Everything the way it's panned out now to to what it to where we're headed. You know, it's just I feel like there's there's no other word for it other than divine intervention has been in my life to help support me along the way is what I personally feel like. Um, because where we're at and where we're headed now would have never happened. The things that have occurred, I just don't think would have ever happened with goat. Um, and it's, it's not from necessarily my doing, it's just from, you know, kind of 
being led in that in that way and then things have transpired that i feel like have all been just not not for me i mean it's just been too crazy i mean we'll probably have 100 stores by the end of next year and you know if i would have not had these partners it probably wouldn't happen like that and I, who knows what would have happened in in okay you threw that out 18. very casually I was say, if i was god i'd want to help him <laughs> <laughs> that's a humble dude so you very casually awesome. threw out that in three years we're going to be at 100 places that's incredible. Well, thanks. Like, I mean, how many how many open right now? Uh, we have nine open right now. But we have a lot in the process behind the scenes. There's probably about eight more in the works right now. And then we're expanding out of the state. And we'll probably get to the point where, based on our projection timeline, if we don't get to 100, we may not get to 100 next year, um, but we'll be close, I think. So when you started, was this what you had in mind? Or were you thinking I'm going to open up one barber shop? I thought I'd open up, you know, not. <laughs> I thought I'd open more than one, but not at the scale and the rate that we're going. And I didn't even know, you know, to me it was like let's try and see what happens. Yeah. I just wanted free haircuts for my kids. <laughs> I got four boys. I'm like, you got them. Save me a hundred bucks yeah. a month. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Holy. So. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's been fun. It's been a fun journey in regards to goat. Have you, guys, have you guys changed or evolved from like the first store you're offering to oh, yeah. now? Yeah, for sure. We've learned new things. Um, you know, the other big thing I've tried to do, we've tried to create a different culture there. And that's huge for me. Um, I just don't think that the culture, I, I've wanted people to ha enjoy a place where they want to be and where they want to work. We've tried to attract a different style of client, I guess, too, that... Um, that tips them well, that, uh, you know, all those things that they really need and appreciate to have what they do on a normal basis. Um, and so to be sustainable, we've just, yeah, we've adapted for sure on different things and we we're continuing to evolve. I mean, we're continuing to try to add things and to continue to be a differentiator and a thought leader in what we're trying to do so that we're different. I don't want to be the same as what's out there. And uh, hopefully we can just keep keep improving it and making it better. That's we're constantly trying to come up with new ideas to what can we do to try to make it different. Wow. So how's COVID affected you guys? COVID is uh, the shop. Well, COVID hasn't affected us terribly in Utah County, Salt Lake County. We had to shut down two stores, um, right. but uh, it was it was kind of a, a a positive for us in in the fact that we kind of. We're able Once to again, look at that perspective. We were able to set a lot of, <laughs> yeah. we were able to set up, I mean, there were stressful pieces to it, but it allowed us to kind of um, create a lot of new things and, and kind of re reassess what we were, our plans were, where we we're headed, what we were going to do um, until we're out right now. And we're, we're still, you know, trying to perfect it and, and do little things to make it different. But um, hopefully, hopefully people are having a positive experience with it and they liking it. So as you expand, are you doing that like via a franchise model or you guys own all the spots you're going to? We own them all. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So how do you decide where to go? Um, we look at all the demographics. Uh, Utah is pretty easy. I feel like you can, you know, knowing it enough, you know, you can kind of make good good judgments based off of the areas. Yeah. Um, but that's the key is, you, you know, looking at demographics and uh, things that support your stores where you think that you can do well at what the needs are, what the growth rate is, hmm. uh, all those factors play into it. 
That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's, it's a been a fun, it is a lot of work. It's a crazy <laughs> amount of, uh, of work. Even one store is a lot of work yeah. more than you think. And especially when you don't have a background in it, but I'm like, Hey, I can learn this. We'll figure it out. So. Wow. You guys know how to do hard things. So <laughs> I think we're done though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He might you not deserve be done. a thousand stores of <laughs> retirement here in like five years. <laughs> But I don't know. From what I can tell, this guy he might go crazy if he retired, right? Oh yeah. I don't. I don't think that's in the. the did you wrestle growing up? For me, I didn't. I played. You didn't. I, I, I didn't. I oh, played wow. baseball and football. Okay. Basketball guy. Yeah. So can I ask how you two met? Can we get romantic for a second? Sure. <laughs> we met on a blind date. Really? Yeah. Those work. First one for both hey, of us. Hey, they worked for our last guest too. I trusted my right? aunt. True. Yeah. I, this is. I asked my aunt That's straight true. up. I said because I really trusted her judgment. I said, "Is she cute or is she hot?" <laughs> and she said, "She's hot." I said, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> like a true gentleman, cute. right? Like a, yep, that's right. I don't care about her personality. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. care. <laughs> <laughs> he tells my boys this too. I'm like, "Don't listen to him." La la la. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually at Dixie playing football. I met her in the summer, and I never went back and played at Dixie. No so, way. Yeah. So anyways. Can't get offended by hot. I mean, it's just a compliment. Yeah, you can't. It's not right? something you want your boys to be judging their women on, though. <laughs> well, it's going to happen. I, I mean, know, exactly. They'll realize. I mean, it just... It just breaks the door down, right? Yeah. It's just the yeah. first I'm step. Always Listen, it's the first step. It, it doesn't stop at hot. It just, no. it's like the billboard, yeah, right? If they're yeah, hot, yeah, I'm the go one, talk to the that. Billboard. I'll call that business. <laughs> the billboard. <Right? laughs> what, what's, the, what's the one that was about like hot and crazy? Oh, it's the greatest. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious, right? Form. And I, So you just tell the boys, listen, the if they're hot, hot matrix, and way crazy, you don't even go down that road. Right. Stay away. <laughs> right. It's totally true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's two weeks in a row. The Deatons. Blind date. There that's you right. go. And it worked. And he even hid under car <laughs> after the first one because he was too embarrassed to show her what car he was driving at the time. That oh might be gosh. one of my that's, favorite that's stories It was an time. awesome He hid story. under the car. So she was like going there, like saying goodbye. Uh-huh. And she went to get in her car. And she turned around and he had disappeared. He had dropped to the ground and rolled under the car. <laughs> Because he didn't, he didn't want her to see what her scar was. <laughs> it's an awesome episode. So he was oh, nine months classic. into recovery. Okay. And so, you know, life's just kind of uh, getting back to normal. Yeah, totally. And just, yeah, he was still driving. I think it was a parent's like old Ford Focus. I guess she had pulled up in a pretty nice car. She lived at home still. And yeah, like she turned around to talk to a friend and he just. Boom. Wow. <laughs> he was gone. Rolled under the car. Awesome. That is crazy. And yeah, they got That's together awesome. again later again, but oh, so funny. Wow. So yeah, blind dates work. That's very cool. So how yeah. long ago was that? Where are you guys from, by the way? I grew up in Sandy. Okay. I grew up in West Jordan. Oh, nice. Yeah. So around here, yeah. locals. Yep. Local Utahs. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, what a cool story. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah. That Thanks was for having us. We are going to talk you up like crazy. I mean, what a... I don't know where I've heard about it. When you said the baseball tournament, I have a hard time keeping track of it, but like, I swear I did something with one of your events with Bam Bams, like Maybe just doing did. some food or something. I wonder, I wonder if... Because um, it all sounds so familiar truck. to me. We did have food trucks there. Huh. But honestly... Food truck? So I used to have a did big you? old no, honk and like 45-foot... It's actually back there. The guy that bought it from me never paid me, so I repossessed it. take but, it back. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, and it's funny, it was in, Anna- it was in Annapolis. So that's oh, where gosh. I got to know it. Like that is my 
If you ever go back there, go to the Iron Rooster. It's right there by the Academy. It's the greatest breakfast of all time. That is such a cool, that old part of town. Yeah, it's so cool, huh? Yeah. Wow. I love that place. Yeah, that was a really cool place. But yeah, but no, I mean, I'd love to help though. So whenever you guys do events. Okay. You got barbecue for me. That's awesome. awesome. And Andrew will do financial advice for people. (laughs) Help them start new businesses. I'll show them how to deduct their deduction. I love their contribution. (laughs) We would love to help however we can. Such a cool... You guys are awesome people. I mean, the foundation's one thing, but I mean, it's only as good as the people behind it. And what a cool legacy to leave for him. And what a cool thing for your kids to be able to take part in and, you know, just awesome thank you guys for having so us. Yeah. Yeah. anytime you. you guys come back whenever you want and if we can ever advertise on the podcast or anything for anything you guys are doing let us know but appreciate you thanks thank for you. coming thank yeah you so thanks, much. Guys. thanks for having us